You're listening to World of WWE, a WWE podcast. Hey everyone, thank you for checking out World of WWE podcast. I'm Ant, and I'm joined by my co-host. I'm Dan. And today you are listening to WrestleMania 37, Night 1 and Night 2 recaps. We're going to be talking about both nights of WrestleMania and also some news regarding releases and other important stuff that's happening in WWE right now. So, you just heard Save Your Tears by The Weeknd, which is one of the official theme songs for WrestleMania 37. I can't believe it's already over. What did you guys think of WrestleMania as a whole? Overall, it was a good WrestleMania. decent WrestleMania. I'm not going to say it was the greatest of all time. Yeah. But it, was, it was a decent one, especially with you know the fans coming back. That was nice. And how about you, Carlos? I thought both nights were great. That would be my best match. Like my favorite one, WrestleMania that I've seen. Like out of my my favorite was 32, but now it's definitely 37. Just because like, every match I felt like it did what it needed to do. Yeah. Every match I was like, the only match I was probably had a little bit of like just a little not really attention to was the tag team purple one match in night one. Yeah. But that's all. Everything else I feel like went perfectly. All right. Yeah. It was definitely a WrestleMania to remember. A lot of matches. I think there were seven matches on each night. So a huge WrestleMania card. But usually what happens after WrestleMania, several superstars tend to get released. And Carlos is going to let us all know the current crop of wrestlers that have been released. And then we'll discuss it a little bit. So Carlos, if you have the list of who's been released, you can let us know. Okay, one second, guys. No worries. I know some of the big ones that I know off the top of my head were Samoa Joe. Got it. Oh, got Okay, so um, the Uber release for Samoa Joe, um, Wesley Blake. I'm not sure what the Wesley Blake was. Like, was he even around? He was a part of the Forgotten Sons, and he was in NXT. He used to be a tag team with Buddy Murphy, and they were with Alexa Bliss and NXT. Oh, wow. That was a long time ago. Yeah, Blake and Murphy. Okay. So, yeah, Kalisto, uh, Mojo Raleigh, Chelsea Green, Mickey James, Tucker, O. Dallas, and Iconics. Yeah, a lot of names there. Um. Before we dive into it, I did have a couple of comments that I heard. I was reading online from other superstars, their comments regarding the latest releases. And Sankara actually made a comment about how WWE doesn't push Latino superstars. And he believes that that is the reason why Andrade initially requested his release. He's speaking on Kalisto being um, released, but that definitely is something to say that it is something to think about, guys. I mean, how many Hispanics have held the WWE championship? You know, if you think about it. Yeah. And that was way back in 2004. Mm-hmm. Well, Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio. I forgot about Rey. 
But he held the point for like not even a whole night. John Cena, John Cena comes out. If you're carrying the world title, then that was like 2006. Yeah, yeah. Ray is 06. The problem is with that reign was because the only reason he won it was because of Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Yeah. Without that, he wouldn't have won the Royal Rumble or anything. Yeah. But I do, I do think I, I was happy to see him win, though. And granted, I was little, so I was probably like maybe like 11, 12 at the time. So I was like, booyah, booyah, guys, six months. Like, I was all into it. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Eddie Guerrero did play a huge part in, you know, Ray winning because Ray was so close to Eddie. But yeah, what do you guys think, though? Do you think Sin Cara has any truth to that statement that, like, we are talking about now, really, the last time there's been a Hispanic wrestler as the main WWE champion or world champion was back in the early 2000s. So what do you guys think? In late 2000s, what do you guys think? Oh, actually, I'm wrong. You guys, I'm completely wrong, too. I'm forgetting Alberto Del Rio. Oh, yeah, he did win the title. So yeah, so they have them. So, but I think I really think, unless I'm wrong, the last main champion that was Hispanic was Del Rio, correct? Or because yeah, Del, Del Rio, I know is champion in 2013. Because I remember. Um, him and Jack Swagger at WrestleMania 29, the whole real American storyline there. Um, and held it from my not punk. Uh, Cena held a lot of the championships, and, and and Randy Orton did too at the time. Yeah. So what do we think? Yeah, Del Rio was definitely the last champion that was Hispanic to hold it. Do we think that Vince is purposefully doing this to Latinos, or do we think it's just? I don't think he's doing it on purpose. I just don't think that there's that they understand on how to push those kind of wrestlers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. I just think that. Good opportunity. But what I will say. Opportunities to do it. I don't think they just understand how to do it. It's not that they're trying not to do it. It's just they don't know how to do it. Well, here's something that I think Vince needs to understand. Um. And I'm not, I can't speak for Hispanics because I'm not Hispanic, but I feel like because there hasn't been a lot of Hispanic champions when there is one, a lot of the Hispanics are really going to show up for it because here's someone that looks like me being world champion. And I feel like that would help his ratings a lot. Not only are they great talents, but also there are a lot of Latino fans that don't get to see a lot of um, their race being the main champion. I mean, we, it's not like a whole race war and no one's getting shit on or anything like that. But Andrade, I think, deserved more than what he got. I could have seen... Andrade was a former NXT champion. Um, so I just feel like you can push them, but like you said, Dan, the opportunities are limited f- with Vince. Like, he gives opportunities to fucking Lana. Who wants to see her, dude? I don't. I don't either, and- 
I agree with you on that. I mean, he gives opportunities to people, but like the thing is, he doesn't see everybody that earns it. Like he doesn't see, oh, he didn't earn it because he didn't do what I wanted him to do when they did what they wanted to do. You know what I'm trying to say? What about fucking Ricochet? Even him. Ricochet would have been. I would love to see Ricochet as champion, but he got buried by Lesnar at what was it, Crown Jewel? It's just like I feel like it bothers me that Vince is eerie to is able to bury some wrestlers and then have them become champions. Because I'm not trying to be mean. Bobby Lashley, like, I don't give two flying fucks. You can have a better conversation with a cardboard box. This dude has no charisma. I am the almighty Bobby Lashley. I, I, I mean, look, look at Jinder Mahal. The only reason he became WWE champion was because they wanted they wanted more Indian supporters. And he wasn't even Indian. <laughs> but that, and see, and see, and that's what pisses me off, though. Because let me tell you why. You're willing to, to push... A wrestler like Jinder Mahal, who should have been nothing but a jobber. In the three-man band with he Slater. Andrew McIntyre, when they both... And, and look, look who he beat for the title. A Randy Orton, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. A 14-time champion. But you mean to tell me that seeing someone like Jinder Mahal, who has won no titles in WWE to become WWE champion randomly, but yet Ricochet, a former NXT North American. Yeah. But yet Ricochet, who is up now. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't you push Ricochet? Yeah, why? You would be greatest champion. Again, I guess Vince is like, oh, he doesn't look like the champion, but that's me. Well, no, it's because he's a smaller guy. It's because he's not a big, buff guy like Drew McIntyre or Bobby Lashley. He's not a big, buff like that. It's just like, I want the champion, but I feel like, um, knowing the way WWE is, they're like putting back Lesnar in the next pay-per-view and have him destroy him for the title. I mean, I don't know, guys. I feel like I don't know how I feel you guys I mean I'm not sitting here saying that WWE is racist but it is something to look at because I'm sorry the only real African American champion that was pushed was The Rock and yeah, but think about it, guys. Kofi had the title for like three months. I'm talking about like pushed. Like The Rock is. You know what I'm saying? Like The Rock. That's another example. Kofi. Why did he have to drop it so early? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But even Booker T wasn't really pushed. He only had the King Booker gimmick for like six months. And then that was it with him too. Thank you. And now now is he even King Corbin anymore? Like that's it like it just it does it like I just so this stuff angers me because I feel like everyone deserves the same opportunity and half of those people outshine the main superstars. I would rather see Ricochet fight 10 times in a row than fucking Braun Strowman once. I'm sorry. That is my straight. Like, I don't give a fuck. Also, the way they book them. I mean, like, if you're going to book them like a mid-card or a low mid-card and just suddenly push them to the top, that, 
that's not going to fly. They go like, oh, okay, this is cool now. I like to see that. No, no one cares. If the way you book them, you make them look like they suck, then we're going to think they suck. I think of a great a great storyline. Look what I said. I, I stand by this. No matter how much no matter how much I think Bobby, yes, he is a good wrestler. I'm not going to sit here and say he's not. He's a great wrestler, but he, he's been pushed as a mid-carder his entire career. If you just keep pushing him like that, I'm going to think that. And something about Bobby Lashley, not for nothing, if you go back to 2007, Vince McMahon defeated him to become ECW champion. So if you have an owner beating you, I'm sorry, that buried you from 2007. Yeah. He straight up, Vince McMahon literally pinned Bobby Lashley to become ECW champion. So Bobby Lashley, you got beat by Vince McMahon. I literally see nothing in you at all. Um, And also a good storyline that they did Back in 2002, they did the Undertaker versus Jeff Hardy in a ladder match. Now, you knew hey. going... What was that, Dan? I said that was a great, that was a great match. And you knew going into it that Jeff Hardy probably wasn't going to win. But what you didn't know was the fight he was going to bring to Taker. And if you have young, if you have superstars who aren't tall, you can still show them off in a way that, oh my God, they're amazing. Jeff Hardy is not the tallest dude. Shawn Michael is not the tallest dude. And Adam Cole is not the tallest dude. And all these people are just killing it. Uh, Champa. Champa, thank you. Yeah, yeah. But, um, like, uh, when you guys are talking, sorry. Go ahead, sorry. No, you guys are fine. Whoever wants to go, go ahead. I mean, look, Rey Mysterio wasn't the tallest. He had the world title at least a little bit. Yeah. But again, that was over 12 years ago now. That's true. That's the only problem is that, like, what have you done for me lately? Like, I understand, like, yes, you know, but not for nothing. I, by the way, I was watching, I'm trying to go on the Peacock to watch old wrestling. They literally got rid of an episode because in one of the episodes, I'm not going to use a term here, but they use a term that is against gay people. And it's literally one segment that it happens and they got rid of the entire episode. I'm surprised they have WrestleMania six there because Bobby and uh, Roddy Roddy Piper was painted half black. I'm yep. surprised they kept it. Well, they got rid of that match. Like they deleted the yeah. match from the show. Yeah, but they kept the actual WrestleMania. Yeah, they just that one show. They got rid of that one segment and keep the and keep the whole show. Yeah. They're probably thinking. I'm. I'm assuming with the Raws, they're probably thinking that like, oh, well, it's only a two-hour show. If we're gonna edit one thing, who cares? Just get rid of it as a whole. Maybe they were feeling like yeah. lazy and didn't want to. I don't know, but. Let's get back to the releases, though. So, yes, Carlos told us Samoa Joe. I am completely shocked by that because we've talked about this. He was cleared. He has been on the commentating team for Raw. And it's just like, dude, like, you have another competition. You have two competitions, more than two. You have NWA, IGW, what is it, IWGP? Yeah. IWGP, AEW, Samoa Joe can go to any of those companies and become a world champion that day, and you just let him go. Yeah, I mean, look, Samoa Joe was world champion in Impact and everything. He was great. Samoa Joe 
if you go back to 2005 and see the matches he had with AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels, you will see him in a different way. He fucking flew over the top ropes. And now... WWE didn't know how to push him the right way. They didn't know how to use his character the right way. I mean, come on. Wesley Blake, I don't think, will be a huge loss, in my opinion. Kalisto, I think, again, won't be a huge loss, but a loss to me because Kalisto is a huge high flyer. And if he goes to AEW, there definitely is a spot open for him. With all of the, um, uh, what are the, what's the name of the group? What, what are they, the, the death triangle? And then there's fucking the, um, oh God, what the fuck in AEW, you know, they're the tag team, um, Lucha Bros, Mexicans, that's their fucking, yes, yes, the Lucha Bros. He could be all up in that shit. Um, Mojo Rowley, eh, I don't know how I feel. Don't really care. That's just like my, but he is a, seems like a good person. But I could see him going to Impact Wrestling. Also, Impact Wrestling did post a picture and it says that Samoa Joe and all the other superstars that were released cannot compete until like July 14th, 2021. And Scott Demore, who owns Impact Wrestling, posted a picture of their pay-per-view logo called Slammiversary. And Chelsea Green and Samoa Joe were huge parts of the Impact roster. And he said, um, Scott Demore posted a picture of Slammiversary and said, oh, this will be a good place for Joe and his friends to celebrate. So, you know what? You might see him in Impact in a couple of months, but that's their loss. Um, Chelsea Green, I think, is a big loss because they just hired her. They were she got injured, and then they don't even bring her. Like she had a huge role in Impact. She never, never even had a really chance to show off her talents. Yeah, yeah. In Impact, she was this character of a um. She was this girl who fell in love. She was a rich girl that fell in love with this guy, and then she became crazy and like nuts, and so she started to like put like red lipstick all over her face and she come down with like crazy mascara on her face and like hair all crazy and this gown. So her character was this like nut ball. So Chelsea Green will be okay in Impact Wrestling or AEW. Also, Deanna Perrazzo, who was a part of WWE, got fired. She became the Impact Knockouts Champion, which is the equivalent to the WWE Women's Champion. So... Just because you're not doing good in one company does not mean you won't be doing good in the other. That's exactly what I mean. Like, Mojo, he will be, I mean, in a way, it's WWE's loss. Yeah. yeah. Of course. All of these are, for sure. All of them. Mickey James. Yeah. I heard with her, I was reading somewhere that. I would have loved to see her Mickey James retirement tour. Retirement. Half her fight, one last. Huge. She was a huge person in the whole women's revolution. Like, yes. Yeah, didn't really do that much at the time, but she paved the way with people like Lita, Trish Stratus, all of them. Yes. Like, Dude, I remember 
after she won the title at WrestleMania, I had school the next day and I was in sixth grade and I had art class and I was like, ooh, Mickey James won. And I printed out a picture of her. It was in black and white, but her holding the title. And I remember I was like, this whole storyline was new and here's this new woman. And not for nothing, she also can – because the rumors as to why she was released was that she was asking to compete again and Vince didn't want her to. And I guess that was kind of like his way of like, okay, you're not wrestling. You were doing commentary, but now you're not. So they could have done a retirement thing with her. She definitely was an integral part of the women's revolution, but – by Mickey, unfortunately. And also, wasn't she fired prior to the... She was laid off, right? Yeah. Um, also, Tucker is gone. I mean, it wasn't a big loss with him being a single superstar. Plus, we haven't seen him in a while. But at the same time, he was great with Otis in the heavy machine. That was awesome. I love that stuff. I don't get why. Here's my question with WWE. Why the fuck do you get rid of teams, break them up, and then take one member of a team and put them with somebody else? I don't understand that. Yeah, didn't they did they did that with like Sean Benjamin? The Iconics. The Iconics. The uh, fucking uh Natalia, Tamina, Tucker and Otis. Now Otis is with fucking the Alpha Academy. Yeah, yeah. No, wait, no, you're lying. Oh, no, 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 Carlos, they didn't fire them. They didn't fire them. I'm sorry. <laughs> Carlos is freaking out over <laughs> Natalia. <laughs> I'm sorry, Carlos. <laughs> that was... That was his live reaction, folks. Now you know what it sounds like when our hearts break. Yeah, but no, Natalia and Tamina are safe. Bo Dallas has been fired. Curtis Axel. Yeah. Oh, wait, really? I didn't see that one. Curtis Axel. Well, he was fired uh, last year, I think, Carlos. And then, of course, Billy Kane painted the Iconics. I'm probably really split the tag team up why they were good as a tag team they didn't need to be split up the k was doing great and also yes billy k was doing in my head i don't know it's just probably my sick twisted head i feel like that a pain royce was off the match vince was probably like all right if you win this match you stay if you if you lose you leave yeah but he wouldn't they like he would know that she would lose because they pick like who wins here's my thing though here's here's my problem is this so like they did they did do the split right billy k was doing amazing she's the best part of smackdown in my opinion at that time but then also with pete and royce they just did a promo with her on raw talk where she's like if you're not going to put me in matches then just release me and he did. So it's like, did did you do that promo on purpose to embarrass her? You know what I'm saying? Like her whole her her storyline was, oh, like on Raw Talk, I'm mad. I deserve more time. And if you don't give it to me, then just get rid of me. And that's kind of what they did. 
I mean, at the same time, though, they're not wrong. I mean, if she wasn't being used correctly, then why stay? You know? I get it, but, like, they're the ones in charge of that, you know? It's kind of like, don't be upset at her because you're the ones not booking her. Yeah. She was doing great with Billy. You guys decided to break them yeah, up. The best out of the shitty situation, I guess. Is the yeah. Like, they, then they try to team her up with Lacey Evans. Then they, like, it just made no sense to me what they're doing with these people. Let's break up these teams and then put them back together with other teams. Billy's going to work with the Riot Squad. And then, and then just release them. And then just release them. Yeah. I have never. You're going to have great talent on your hands. And a lot of the a lot of the wrestlers backstage are saying that this is WWE WWE's way of reminding them that we're not a family, we're a business. And it's sad that that's how it is. They go and say the WWE is our is family. This is just yeah. I mean, it it annoys me. It it really bothers me when 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 that shit happens. Yeah. So to me, it's like it looks like so it looks like April fifteenth, like this budget cut. It's budget cut day for the WWE, and I guess they want to get rid of a lot of contracts. Yeah. So, so that the numbers look good for their for their investors. But here's my take on it. It's like as a fan, it really sucks because we we have all these amazing, amazing talent. We weren't really being used properly, and they didn't really deserve it. But as a business man, get it because business man needs to do it for the investors and the shareholders and stock. It's crazy because the company's making the most money that it's ever made because mm-hmm. of the deals with Peacock and Fox Sports and USA and all that. You know, I just and, feel, yeah, I agree with you, Carlos. I agree with you. Also, you think about it in a way, it's not actually a total loss for a spin because if they, could, they, they could they could release people, but why release like like small children, iconics, like release like they they could release other people if they wanted yeah. to. No, no, but I mean, if you think about it, also in a way, it's not that much of a loss because they could have been used. They could be used properly on other shows, like true. Kind of like John, John but he hated the, the company. He, he hated the way his character was being pushed, and, and then he left, and then he went true. to do better, better things. Yeah. AEW. Like, no, you're right. You're right. My only problem, though, guys, is this, and because I, I feel this way too, I'm like, well, they're gonna be fine. But the thing is, the competition in AEW is different than the competition in WWE. So if you have somebody like, I don't know, Billy, or let's just say Billy Kay and Peyton Royce, they're a tag team. Who are they really going to compete against in AEW? The only champions they got is Hikaru Shida, Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, maybe fucking Thunder Rosa. There's not a lot of big name talent. And that's the problem. So it's like, that's my issue with AEW is that I like the wrestling. I like the wrestlers, but I don't know if I care too much about them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I would rather see Peyton Royce versus Asuka than Peyton Royce versus Britt Baker. That's just my opinion. But, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. And I will say, you know, like, I have been watching AEW, and some of the matches have been good. But, I don't know, guys. I just, I get very upset. And just this whole, since we're talking about WrestleMania, I'm just so upset with just the lack of creativity and yes i'm literally i was watching a music video uh 
I forgot the name of it. I think it's called, it's a song by Kid Rock called Lonely Road of Faith. And it's um a desire video that was made when I was little, like 2002. And it basically goes through the different parts of WWE's like stages. And I'm just like, where do we fit in right now? Like, what are the highlights that people are going to see when they think of this generation? And I just feel like it does not stack up. And it makes me really, really sad. I used to get... With everything, I don't see much improvement from anything. No, and also WrestleMania Monday used to be like so exciting. What happened? Yeah, like they used to be so excited. Like, oh my god, what return are we gonna see tonight? We saw the Viking Raiders. Like, oh my god, what return are we gonna see? We're gonna see Becky Lynch? That's the Viking Raiders. And that's what I'm saying. It didn't even do. It didn't even have to be Becky Lynch. If they did controversial shit. Big name like Brock Lesnar. I don't care. I don't Something. Like I want to see him. And I that's the part that I'm getting mad at is that us as fans were being idiots. I feel like how come things are different because we're allowing it. We're continuing to watch and pay and show. I mean, granted, WWE is going to be alive no matter what, and that's kind of what it is. They're going to do whatever they want because they can. And so, yeah. I am glad that there is an alternative. That there is AEW. Go ahead. I'm sorry, guys. The problem is they feel like they can do whatever they want because of because of their past. Because they because they're such a big company nowadays, they feel okay. We can do whatever they want, whatever we want, and people will just pay to watch it. it yep. It's just that problem. And it's just like here's what I would think too. You can't tell me that both AEW and WWE don't look at each other as competition. They both say they don't, but they sure as hell do. And I would just think with the stuff that AEW has been doing lately, you would think that they would try to do better. Now, the wrestling has been really good. But the reason for the fighting, the whole sort of guts of of the whole WWE is taken out. We know these two are fighting, but why? Why do we care? And I'm sitting here and I'm doing sort of like I'm making a fake match card with a friend of mine and we're doing storylines and I'm able to come up with some good storylines like that. And I just don't understand like these people like I I'm so tired of it. It's just, it's amazing of how you can go from, like, storylines. Like, I'll give you an example, like, a few years ago. Like, with 2016, me and Carlos were talking about this. We said with uh, Dolph Ziggler and The Miz, that Intercontinental Titles shit feud, that was a great feud. Yeah. Now, like, they don't care about the, they don't care anymore. It, it just seems like they don't pay much attention to, to like, yeah. okay, well, at least two wrestlers in the ring. Go fight. Exactly. Like they'll say, okay, here's a good reason, but they're not. It's not a very good reason on why we should care. Why the fuck do you have a WrestleMania match built on Shane McMahon calling Braun Strowman a loser and stupid, and then the night after it's gone, the storyline is dropped. That's it. For what? Like, why did we need to see that? What was the payoff? He throws Shane off this cage. Wow, we get to. Sh- opportunity 
match against Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. Oh, cool. Yeah. We get to see a 50-year-old man fly off the cage for the 10th time. Yay! Like, I'm sorry. Like, Vince, stop sucking your kid's fucking dick and do something else, dude. Like, I'm getting... I love Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon is one of my favorites of all time. He's good in the ring, but like nowadays, it's just getting old watching him. Do you remember when he came back? Yes. It was awesome to watch him do that one stunt, but like that was a, that should have been a one. Thank thing. you. Okay, let's take it. Let's let's take advantage of this and have him do it every fucking WrestleMania. But also too. You made a good point. We all were super excited when he came back. We hadn't seen him for so long. And then they force these people down our fucking throats. Yes. Give somebody else a damn shot. Yes. Like get another championship match. Like, why would you put like put Rick Shane that triple threat match? Yes. This is supposed to be I think they fought at Backlash last year too, McIntyre and Lashley. That's true. Yeah. Another thing is a good thing about it. Those guys, they've all been world champions. Braun Strowman won the Universal title. Randy Orton's held it 14 times. Jim McIntyre's held it 14 times. We've all... Yeah, they don't take as much chances as they used to. Because they don't feel like they have to anymore. So it's yeah, almost like, 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 I swear. I like... He's doing good with NXT. Like, he should at least have some saying like, what the main roster is. Yeah. NXT is doing great. Yeah, I saw Kushida. I need to watch NXT, but I saw Kushida on the... I think that's kind of dumb. Like, why would they have Santos win that whole, win that whole thing and then have Kushida win it next, like, the next NXT? We will definitely talk about that for sure. Um, go ahead. I remember back in like 2019 when the, not 20, maybe it was like 2018, I don't remember. But it was a few years ago when the authority, or the Triple H and all those fans came out and said, you're now the authority. Yeah. Not exactly. Yeah, I remember that. That was, that was dumb. Yeah, it's just it. It's like they almost start things and then they think that we forget about them and they don't put any closure to it. You know, because like they did say this is your time. They had the brand split, and then they have the, uh, and then they had the, uh, what was it, the, the other card rule or something like that, where one superstar could come from one other brand. Yeah, like every quarter or something like that. Yeah, it was like the super. Like, who cares? It's so stupid. No, if you're gonna stick to something, stick to your guns. Don't go like, oh, okay, we don't care about. This. And I have to tell you guys, and we'll move on to WrestleMania, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. 
I feel like it's a lot more exciting when they do the different brands. When they have SmackDown and Raw, their own storylines, their own shit. Because then there's more to do. There's more stuff to look forward to. Well, if you also think about it in a way, it's kind of not because then they're limited to who they can actually have. Like they can only, they're limited to their whole roster. They're not limited to. Well, you're right. But that also depends though on how frequently they do it. What I would do is I would do it like this. Okay. So we do the draft the beginning of the year, right? We do that after WrestleMania, right? Come summertime, we say, okay. To mix things up, we are going to each pick four superstars or something like that. It sounds kind of corny. Because the thing is, it's going eventually it's all gonna get stale. Because they're all like they're good, there's no way they're gonna continue to have new people every other week. So what I think they could do is make they could mix it up by adding some wrestlers from Raw and like switching it and like Every other month, have different people come and turn. Like, I don't know. Because that is a thing. It will get stale no matter what they do. Because yeah, unless they keep. They did the superstar shakeup every every year after WrestleMania. They have a superstar shakeup. That's what they kind of did. Yeah, it was cool, I guess. You know, see champions do it. But, like, if you're going to do it. Do it the computer-generated way, like they did. Like I'm not saying it was great the way they did it. Like uh, you know what I'm talking about. Like in 2011, like 11 or something, when they had the superstar draft and they had the computer-generated way. I'm not saying that was the greatest way to do it, but it was at least an entertaining sort of way. Yeah. You know. Well, even when they did it in the be- when they first did the draft in 2002, and I remember watching it live. They had Vince McMahon SmackDown. Ric Flair was Raw. They were breaking up teams. They were breaking up. Like, like Bubba Ray was on Raw, Devon was on SmackDown. They did all kinds of different things like that, and you cared more about it. Yeah. This is just like, oh, we do this every year. Here we go. It's like, stop that shit. Surprise us. Don't do it every year. Yeah, you don't have to do it every year. You just have to do it like maybe once every other two years or something like that. Yeah. Don't do it every year. Like, okay, we're gonna give you a whole new roster. We're gonna give you a whole new shit. Here, I, I, that's just gonna get boring for me now because, sure, you're gonna switch up a few rosters. Okay, I, I don't care. Then eventually, it's gonna also get confusing. Yeah. You know. You're right. So well, it would. I'm gonna be like, wait, what am I watching now? Yeah, and it's. Yep, I heard. I did see that Pat McAfee. Yep, tonight will be on SmackDown. That'll be interesting. He had a great match against Adam Cole. I just um, hope he doesn't like. He, he got Adam Cole fuming that one time. I hope he doesn't get under other people's skin. Mm, we'll have to see. So let's dive into WrestleMania because we've been 38 minutes <laughs> talking about. <laughs> This whole thing, but it is important because it, a lot of these wrestlers matter, and it's sad that WWE doesn't care about them. But let's jump right into WrestleMania 37, night one. All the wrestlers were on the stage, and Vince McMahon wants to thank everyone and welcome everybody to WrestleMania. We okay. Then BB Rexa performs the national anthem. Great, and we got a weather delay. Yeah. That lasted for like 30 minutes. I was pissed. I was yelling at the TV. They had a lot. They looked like chickens with their head cut off. They didn't know what to do. 
be funny because every time it was like, okay, we're going to have this guy go on. And then suddenly in the middle of the ball, somebody will also come in and be like, okay, your turn. My turn now. Get off. So strange. So weird. It was funny. It was funny. It was like, just hurry up. Like, who want to watch the thing? Don't. Like, I get it. I get it. It's a weather delay. You can't really do anything about it. But, I mean, try something a little better. Or maybe they could have did the pre-show until, like, 8.30, you know what I'm saying? Because that's when it started. Yeah, they could have gone back to the uh, uh, table and just talked about the matches or whatever. Or they could have done like, okay, we know the weather's going to be shitty. Obviously, it's not going to f- affect the people going because they're going to have to deal with it no matter what. But for the viewers, you could have pushed back the kickoff show and had the kickoff from 7.30 to 8.30. Yeah, something like that. But we after 31 minutes... Tyus O'Neal and Hulk Hogan welcome us to WrestleMania, and we start off with our first match, WWE Champion Bobby Lashley, of course, from MVP, defending against Drew McIntyre. I took a couple of notes. Here are just the main points of the match. Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley were both in control in the beginning. Drew took over with a couple of clotheslines. Lashley hit a really cool dominator and a spine buster. Drew McIntyre hit a huge slam off the top rope, and he hit a third future shock, of course, leading to a kickout. Drew hit a really cool flying planche over the top rope, but Bobby Lashley eventually took control. McIntyre applies a Kimura lock to Lashley in the ring, but he grabs the ropes. That's when MVP distracts Drew McIntyre. He misses a Claymore, and then Lashley locks in the hurt lock, and Drew passes out. Bobby Lashley retains the WWE Championship. What did you guys think about this one? I mean, I don't really care for Bobby Lashley. That's very yeah. clear on my on my opinion. But I mean, it was a good match. I I just don't understand why they had him pass out. Like I get it, they want to push the more not the uh, hurt lock. I get it. They want to make it look strong. I understand that. But I mean. It just didn't work for me. Like I just don't. I didn't believe that McIntyre would have passed out. Like I don't believe that would have happened if it was a real fight. I don't believe that. But again, it was a good match. You know, they played the characters right. So it was. I give it a four. I give it a four star. Okay. Star. Okay. How about you, Carlos? I feel like it was a better. It was one of the better WWE Championship matches that we've seen in the past few months. Yep. Be honest. Just because, like, it was, it lasted longer than I expected. I thought it was just me, like, a quick, like, one-sided, like, whoever, like, dominates this bitch. But it was a good match. I liked it. Um, I'm happy that Bob Lashley retained. I'm, like, a huge supporter of him. I'm a fan of him. Uh-huh. Uh, and, yeah. I like I like how Jamaican was, like, putting some of submissions into his, his uh, arsenal. Yeah, I did see that. He did put some new stuff for WrestleMania. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I mean, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I thought that it, it was it was okay. It wasn't great. Um, Bobby Lashley did look good. I was happy that I didn't see Goldberg in this match. So I was like, okay, great. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a lot better. I mean, hey, could have been like, uh, could have been like, uh, what was it, thirty? What is it, thirty six? I want to say it was last year. Oh yeah, last year. Been, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Goldberg was in there. It could have been a lot worse. It could have, but it was it was a pretty decent match. Bobby Lashley did retain. The Hurt Lock looks dominant. Then we go backstage with Bailey, and she's with the NWO. Poor Bailey, she deserves so much better than what she got, and we will talk about that. 
really made her look like shit. Yeah. And then she was just got so angry when she did what happened. But we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's hot lady. That's on night two. Yeah. So then we're on next to the women's championship tag team championships number one contender tag team term royal match. The winning team will go on tonight too to take on Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax for the women's tag team titles. And the first two teams to come out are Billy Kay and Carmella against the team of Naomi and Lana. Kay and Carmella eliminated Naomi and Lana really quick after a roll up. I was surprised to see Naomi and Lana eliminated that quick. I thought they were going to win the title. We're going to be able to take on Nia and Shayna. And it was a surprise because the storyline lately has been Naomi and Lana, but they were eliminated. So after Naomi and Lana get eliminated, the Riot Squad come out. And we were talking about how Riot was dressed, well, Ruby was dressed as the Joker, and Liv was kind of dressed up as Harley Quinn, which was cool to see. I found that hilarious, and I really loved it. I really wish that Liv, Mor- Liv Morgan and uh you know, I really wish they won. That would have been cool just to see it, you know? Yeah, they. I like the Riot Squad's okay. They eliminated Billy Kay and Carmella with the mosh pit. Which, again, I was surprised. I thought that they were going to push Billy Kay and Carmella or Naomi Lana, but they didn't. Then Mandy Rose and Danny came down, and Mandy took a trip that she'll never forget. She fell in front of everybody. They turn into a storyline the next night on Raw, but Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke on their way down. Mandy busted her ass on the ramp. Um, but they get into the ring and um, Liv and Dana Brooke hit a cool Swanton bomb. And um, R- Ruby and Liv were eliminated. But there was some confusion there because the announcer said that Dana and Mandy were eliminated, but it was actually the Riot Squad. And then the final opponents, Natalia and Tamina, come out. Who is this here? Um, Tamina's in control. Natty goes for a sharpshooter, but she tags in Tamina to hit a huge blast, and she gets the win. It was a 7 out of 10, for my opinion, on that match. Not a lot going on. Very confusing. What did you guys think? the match, I mean, I it made sense for Natty and Natalia, Natty and Natalia, to me, I'm sorry, um, I can't speak to Natty that. and Natalia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been better. It makes sense for them to win. I I liked the right spot the most out of that entire match, but I knew they weren't going to win. I would have loved to see them win. Don't get me wrong. I would have loved to see that. I just didn't see it happen, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but it was good. I mean, some eliminations happened quicker than I expected. Um, I wish it went a little longer because that way it would have made it, you know, more a little more entertaining. But mm-hmm. it was a good match. So, yeah, I got to agree with a 7 out of 10. I got to agree with it. Yeah. How about you, Carlos? What did you think of the tag team term royal? Yeah, I'm not thinking back off the dead said I feel like could have like the matches could have went longer. Mm-hmm. I noticed like every single every single pin it was like a roll up until the Tamina and Natalia came on and they had splash. But like every single other like before that it was like a roll up or just an inside cradle. Um and yeah, the, the it was a funny moment when Mandy Rose felt like she wasn't expecting that to she happen. Got. She was like, and then I saw that this like listen from after like the match was over. I just want to look at all of Mandy Rose's face to do it. Oh, that's hysterical because he fell on her. Yeah, that's yeah, I like very how she funny. Got her hair back. 
Yeah. Well, that was a moment. And it's funny that that's like the only moment that stands out when it wasn't even the match. Um, next up, we have a match that I really enjoyed. Seth Rollins versus Cesaro. I thought that the promo that Seth had before the match was really funny. There's a lot of back and forth action. Cesaro does eight swings to Seth and then puts him in a sharpshooter. Cesaro goes for an uppercut, but he runs into the corner turnbuckle. Seth hit a really cool corkscrew splash. Seth hits a pedigree. And then he hits a fist to Cesaro's back head, but Cesaro spins Seth Rollins on his head, which I was really cool. He basically like took Seth Rollins, spun him around, didn't use his hands, just moved him with his head to spin him. And he, yep. He then hit 23 swings and then neutralizer for the win. I gave this match a nine out of 10. Great match. Carlos, what did you think of this one? I know you were looking forward to this one too. Yeah. I thought it was amazing. Like it definitely lived up to its potential. Yeah. Uh, Um, so I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. I uh, that Cesaro got the win. Even though I did predict Seth Rollins, I thought that he was like on streak, like where he was just gonna like win, win, win. Yeah. So I feel it was a good match. I liked it a lot. Um, there were some really good moves in there that I wasn't expecting to see. And uh, yeah, I feel like now, well, now it's time for Cesaro to get like maybe a push. I don't know, like against two, but maybe a. Uh, not no Intercontinental Championship, but I think it's about time for him to go against like the Universal. Mm, we could see that soon. Okay, how about you, Dan? What do you think? I eight out of ten as well. Eight out of ten. Okay, I cool. Think it was a good match. Um, I wasn't really looking too forward to it because you know there wasn't too much build up to it, mm-hmm. but it definitely did impress me. I really thought you know Star looked really good in that match. Uh, it really pushed him to make him look strong, especially going over Seth Rollins, somebody who won WWE championships over a few times out of WrestleMania. So I yep. thought that was pretty cool. Um I really did like that spot where Sorrow kind of, you know, did the whole swing thing. Mm-hmm. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I did, again, I love the match. I give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, I'm surprised that Seth didn't win, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad he didn't because I don't think he exactly needed it at the same time. So, yeah, I give it a 9 out of 10. Yeah, it was a good match. One of the better matches on my party. Yes, yes, I agree with that statement. Next up, we have the Raw Tag Team Championships. Big E comes out to introduce the Tag Team Champions, the New Day, and they are taking on AJ Styles and Omos. AJ Styles almost fell too, coming down to the ring, if you guys noticed that. This is a good match, a lot of stuff going on. Um, New Day was in control in the beginning because they had AJ Styles in the ring and they did not allow Omos in. Eventually, almost did get into the ring, and he hit a huge backbreaker, and he stretched Xavier's wood body over his own leg, and he took out both the New Day. And AJ jumped off of Omos with a huge, phenomenal forearm, and then Omos dropped Kofi Kingston with a huge slam, and then put his foot on Kingston to become new tag team champions with AJ Styles. I give that match an 8 out of 10. What do you guys think of the new tag team champions? Dan, you can go first. I was really happy considering the fact that I love AJ Styles and I love the whole Omos thing. I loved it. And I, I'm i really glad that they ended up having them win because 
I mean, don't get me wrong, I like the music, I love it today, but they've held the titles just so many times, it's kind of getting a little bland. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, yeah, I agree. And this is something different. Like, yeah, sure, we've had Giants holding the titles, but, and, you know, we've had Giants holding it with smaller guys, but this is something different because, I mean, this is a guy who's a brand new wrestler. Like, he's not. He wasn't exactly a wrestler before he came to WWE. And AJ Styles, he's been wrestling for years. Mm. He's a great wrestler, so this is something different that we can see. And this is a way for uh, for us to get like new matches and everything with different people. Like this isn't going to be like the same thing with like New Day versus uh, Hurt Business or something like that. You know, it's not going to be the same crap every day. So that's yeah. why I was really excited. I wanted them to win, and I'm very glad they did. Yeah. So I that match. I give it a, I give it an eight out of ten. Yeah, ten. Okay, all right. Uh, considering the fact that the uh, actual people were played perfectly, especially Omos, considering the fact that he made was made to look like a giant, mm-hmm, and he was, mm-hmm. but then played very perfectly. Yeah, I agree. How about you, Carlos? I actually love how the match went. Like I like how the New Day like dominated AJ Styles, and then once he once they bring Omos in, he just destroys everybody. I feel like he, like, goes, uh, I like how um, when AJ Styles is, like, phenomenal form, he, like, jumped over his shoulders and, like, hit it off to the wood. Yeah. And that choke slam was massive that he did to Kobe. He, like, just slammed him to the floor. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he, I'm, I'm really looking for, like, big things with him. But I was just mad that he that they weren't even on Raw. And they didn't even have the chance to, like, put them on Raw. But, yeah. Funny. Yeah, it was okay. It was alright. It was a good match. Next, we have the steel cage match between Shane McMahon and Braun Strowman. I'm not going to go full detail into this one because I really wasn't paying much attention. We did see Braun get the win after he threw. He choked, slammed Shane off the top off the top of the cage. And then he had a running power slam to Shane for the win. I gave it a 7 out of 10. What did you both think? Carlos, you can go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like the match was perfect. I feel like it, they did everything that I needed to do, like with the storyline. Um, Shane McMahon showed like some dominance during the match because, like, in, before the match even started, a lot of uh, what's his name? Something Riker. Jackson Riker, yeah. Riker. He they attacked him with the chair, but like he just kept going, and then and then finally, like, so, like when when Shane McMahon looks like he's gonna come out the cage. Braun rips up the rips. I don't. I don't know if that was like real steel, but he like ripped off that shit and just pulled him back in. But I don't think it was necessary to like hold him, like like hold him on the ropes and then like put him all the back up and then throw him down. That acts so much work, you know. To like just throw him from where you got him there. Then he then he goes back down, but he's already at the top, and then like um, does the running power thing, and then comes up. Like Pippins and I thought he was just like just went over the cage, but I guess he was probably he was probably too scared to like jump down. But it was it was a good match. I liked it a lot. Entertaining. Yeah, it was, it was all right. How about you, Dan? Um, I wasn't so excited about this, like you know, building wise, like you know, storyline. Um, but I agree with Carlos. He did what it needed to do. Both the characters were played as they should have been. Ronald was built as the giant, as the giant. The the guy who's going to take control and, you know, destroy Shane. Um, you know, Shane was played as the heel perfectly, considering the fact that he took two chairs in the steel cage and he used the metal sheets. Um, you know, cool spots with the um, with him tearing off the steel and everything. That was cool. 
Um, I I wouldn't say it was the best match I've ever seen Braun in or Shane in, but it was a good match. So I mean, I give it seven point five out of ten. Yeah, I gave it a seven out of ten. Eh. I just felt like with WrestleMania, I want to see more. You know, at a regular pay per view, it would have done the same thing. Yeah. For me, when I think of WrestleMania, I think Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels, Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon. Um, okay. They don't compete with each other. Okay, exactly. And that's my problem with WrestleMania. They should be able to compete with each other. Next, we have the a match that I really wasn't looking forward to, but I actually really enjoyed. Um, the Miz and John Morrison versus Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny fucking took names and I was so proud of him because I like it when I'm not really into people and they come on and they just fucking like impress me. So I'm a big bad bunny fan now. Um, but he just, wow. Like he took his time. He studied. He was so great in the ring. Like you could tell he really took this seriously and wanted to do a good job. He's a really, anytime you're a fan, you could tell which celebrities are fans because the ones that are fans are the ones that really want to make it special and make it look good. I think Shaq. What was that? Logan Paul, I don't think he was a real fan. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. Or even like for, like, I know, like, I don't know. I just I'm, I'm I compared the celebrities matches and I know that Shaquille O'Neal fought in AEW and he's going to be way different than Bad Bunny cuz Bad Bunny is able to move probably a lot quicker cuz he's a lot shorter and like skinnier. But Shaq couldn't do anything and I was like, "Oh, and they're building this up to be the best celebrity match of 2021." Okay. But this was a but I thought the Miz and John Morrison did a good job. Bad Bunny did amazing. I love this match. I'm not going to go into a lot of the details, um, but it was a great match. We saw Bad Bunny hit a Bunny Destroyer to John Morrison outside of the ring, which is another version of the Canadian Destroyer. Freaking Bad Bunny was just impressive. Spitting DDTs. Um, so many great moves. And then eventually Bad Bunny hit a crossbody with the help of Damian Priest, and he was able to pin the Miz in the ring. I give that an 8 out of 10. Dan, you go first with this one. What do you think? Um, like you said, I wasn't very into the match. I'm not a very, I'm not a big bad bunny. I'm not a very big bad bunny fan. Yeah. Um, he, he he just doesn't really do anything for me. Like he doesn't yell wrestler. He doesn't yell anything to me. It's but so I wasn't really into the match. You know, I wasn't really into it. I didn't watch it that much. I watched. I watched, I just watched too much. Yeah, of it. yeah, like yeah. Half, half break match for me. Um, but the spots that I saw, Bad Bunny was definitely impressive. He definitely delivered more than I expected him to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I expected him to take a few bumps and be like, yeah, all right, I'm done. Yeah. I, he impressed me on that. He really did. Yeah. Um, like you said, he could, you can tell he really is a lifelong fail. Like, he wasn't just in there just to be like, okay, I'm doing this for money, like probably like Logan Paul was. Yeah. He, he, really into it and he mm-hmm. really took his mind. Really and I respect time. that. I really respect that because think about that. If any one of us got the opportunity to do it, you know damn well we'd be taking it seriously. So to see someone like Bad Bunny, he's kind of like us. He gets this opportunity and he really 
it was cool. I don't know. Anyways, sorry, Dean. All right. Um, yeah, like you said, he really definitely took his time. He, he really took his opportunity seriously. Not like somebody like Snooky or Russell Mann. <laughs> I love – yo, Snooky was not playing with Michelle McCool, man. She dropped her. <laughs> yeah, he, oh, my he gosh. took his opportunity seriously. Yeah. Um, yeah, I give that a match. But I saw, I give it a 7.5 again. I okay. All right. All right. How about you, Carlos? I thought, I, I agree with you. Like, how it was awesome. I really loved it. It was, it got, I was so into it. The whole, everything in that time, and I was wide open. Like, what the hell is, like, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't expecting him to, like, 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 do all that. Like, everything I did. Like, and he took a lot of, a lot of, uh, I respect him for, like, taking a lot of the bugs that he did. Like, he was taking, like, boots to the face. He, there was this part where, like, Miz, like, hugged him into the ropes, and then, like, he, like, got his head. His, it looked really bad. Like, it was, like, whiplash, like, really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, then that, that, Miz Morrison and Trump, I cannot take seriously. Oh, my God. I was so, like, oh, with the bunnies. Yep, yep, yep. And, and you could see, you could see a couple of the bunnies were, like, losing their ears. Like, that they is. Were, like, were, like, popping around with one ear. Like, oh, that is hysterical. Getting, like, they, were, they were, like, falling to the floor. I was just, like, laughing so hard with that, with that entrance. But, yeah, it was a, it was a good match. Great moves. That buddy, I, I was hoping that he continued with them, but I guess he's going Yeah, I saw that. It made me sad when he when we see the promo of, of Vince giving him the brief, of Triple H giving him the briefcase, and he says, thank you, but now it's time to do your thing, or whatever it was, and then he gets on the bus, and it's the tour. That was yeah, very cool. He doesn't start that till next year. He had he could have done another angle. I know, but I love. But can I tell you that I really like that when Triple H thanked him and was like, because like that he did it. He was a that was a hell of a match, man. I'm sorry, Dan. I love that shit. <laughs> I ate it up, dude. I was like, oh. I've been watching it over. I'm not old school. Like I don't know. I'm not. I'm not that kind of guy. I want to see actual wrestlers. I don't want to see somebody that's just like a celebrity that's there to you know. Well, I hear you. I hear you. But I hear you. I hear you. Well, here's our main event, uh, guys and gals, and everyone listening. Main event for night one. Carlos is gonna faint in a moment. Carlos is gonna cry probably. But. But I will go over quick um, some highlights, and then we'll talk about it. So the women SmackDown Women's Champion, the boss, Sasha Banks, taking on the EST of WWE, Bianca Belair. I really – oh, yes. They both looked great. Sasha looked really cool. I liked her attire and the hair, and um, I liked seeing yes. Bianca. It was cool. I liked the promo for the main event. I also really liked seeing the – emotion from Sasha and B- and Bianca the fact that they were both crying before the match shows how important this is to them what was that just some regular Wrestlemania event this was this was special yes the fact that fans are coming back that's why they that's a really good reason why they were crying it was, it's and it definitely had to can I say something like, else too he was like this is like history of making like two black women. Mm-hmm. That's what I was just about to tag on. Yeah, that's another important topic too. Is that like if you think about this, this is the first time 
two African-American females get to main event at WrestleMania. You know, like, that. that's huge. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I didn't know that. Yep. The only, I think this is the only, I could be wrong, but I think this is the only WrestleMania where an African-American has fought an African-American. Which is depressing to say that in 2021, that in April they had that. Like, that should have been done years ago. Hello? But, anyways. I feel like, here's my problem with Vince, and I'm going to give my honest I feel like he's utilizing this whole Black Lives Matter movement to make money for himself. For example, Keith Lee. He had Keith Lee win the title in July, which is Great American Bash, when everything was going on, when all the Black Lives movements were marching, there was all that shit going on. He drops the title in, like, October. Or actually, no, he dropped it in August. I feel like they're only picking up on certain things and then dropping them once they go away, and that's not okay. But... Yes, both women were crying. They both felt the moment. And I'm just going to go over some some moments of the match. There's a cool moment where Sasha went to hit a suicide dive, but Belair caught her and, like, pressed her over her head and literally climbed the steps and carried her back into the ring. Sasha had control in the beginning. There's a moment where Sasha pulled Bianca's ponytail, but Bianca was able to actually run Sasha into the ring post. Bianca with a cool glam press and a standing moonsault to Sasha's back. Bianca goes for a 450 splash, but Sasha is able to counter. Sasha hit a really cool flying DDT using the ropes and then a frog splash. Sasha sends Bianca arm first into the steel steps, and she uses Bianca's ponytail and applies the bank statement with her ponytail. Bianca is able to get out. Sasha hits her knees into the turnbuckle pad and Bianca hits a 450 splash which Sasha kicks out Bianca uses her ponytail to whip and I mean like Sasha and then she hits her with a kiss of death and gets the win and we have a new Smackdown Women's Champion Sasha had a wealth on her body and also someone posted a video of Sasha's reaction after the match and she is seen smiling, and that really made me like her a lot more because this was more than just two women fighting. This is history, and the fact that she was so happy to lose her title um, showed me how good of a person Sasha is. So, with that all out, Carlos, go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. Actually, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Montez Ford actually came out and also celebrated with Bianca. Yeah, thank you for reminding me that did happen. I did see pictures of that. Yep, it was a moment for sure. Her family, you saw the dad, he almost jumped the fucking, <laughs> he was getting ready to climb over the railing. I was like, go dad. Like, they were, I, I love when they're genuinely excited for stuff like that. So, Carlos, your woman dropped the belt, but could have earned a lot more in it. So, what do you think? So, at first, I was pissed off. Yeah. The next day, I think about it. It's like, I saw that video that you were talking about, and that, that gave me that. I, I was a huge fan of Sasha before, but when I saw that video, I was just like, like wow, she's actually like a real genuine person. You know, she was happy to lose the title. And then it's like, it's like I'm happy for both of them, 
but I'm like, uh, it was like my my favorite superstar, like Rob for Bell, like the someone that I actually liked too, like Bianca. So it's like I don't know how to I didn't know how to feel at the moment, but I'm like, uh, Sasha doesn't really need a title for her to like be the greatest of all time, you know. She does. She's got a lot of history. I guess now it's like time for. Somebody else, sort of like old, out with the old and with new, I guess. Mm. I don't know. They're kind of like passing down the torch in a way. But it's like she's not even, it's like Yamaka's older than Sasha, like way older. Yeah. So it's like Sasha's going to be in Italy way longer. Than How old is Bianca, though? She's like 36, 35. Really? Are you sure? I think so, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy uh, if she's that old. Uh, Bianca's uh, 32. Bianca Belair is 32. And Sasha is like my age, 27. So they're not that old. They're not that apart. Sasha Banks is 29. Yeah, so she's only two. Sasha is only a year older than me because I'm going to be 28 in October this year. So that means Bianca's only three years old. Yeah, she ain't that older. Right. <laughs> Carlos is like, yeah, all right. Carlos is trying to troll us over here. <laughs> Go ahead, Carlos. You're talking about how it was almost as if Sasha was passing the torch to Bianca losing the title, and it's almost as if like there's gonna be new um people with the titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um see I feel like it was a kind of uh screw job there. I don't feel like I don't I feel like I feel like Bianca that was that was that match was there was an illegal tactic there when like Bianca was afraid. And then, like, there was like, some things, like, some videos showing that, like, Sasha Solis were not out for the three count. Even Michael Cole botched it. I don't know if Cole's a botch. I don't know if they're going to keep going with this. But Michael Cole was like, oh, she kicked out. Or was like, no, no, she didn't. Like, I, I don't think there was, like, a true winner. Because mm-hmm. I, I did the fact that the match and, Sa- and Sasha's things were not, like, completely, the referee position was, like, not, like, all the way, like, perfect. Because she did, she did kick out. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they'll do a storyline. Yeah, because yeah, because they have WrestleMania backlash coming up in May. So, I still don't like the name. I think it's stupid. Yep. Kind of like the Viking experience. Yeah. Well, Dan, what do you think about the the night one main event, Sasha and Bianca? Well. As I said this before, I'm not the biggest fan of Sasha, or I'm not the biggest fan of Bianca, but I will say they had a great match. I yeah. love the moment, great moment to have, especially at WrestleMania. And it, like you said, when the when you saw Sasha crying, like not crying, but like smiling at the same time, yeah, passing the torch down, it, it was. It, Made me feel that Sasha actually wasn't doing this just to like, okay, I'm losing, I don't care anymore. Yeah, it shows that she actually isn't a selfish person, and she yeah. actually wants to give back to the WWE. Yeah, and everything. yeah, and it just—it's a really, like I said, good moment. I like the match. I I, I give it a, I give it an eight out of ten. Uh, yeah, I gave that one a ten out of ten. Um, but Dan, I do agree, and this is what I do like about um some of these wrestlers is that when you think about wrestling, right, you're going to win, you're going to lose. That's life, but it's how you win and how you lose that matters. And the fact that Sasha sees that 
wow, we just put on a hell of a fucking match. And now, like, this division has been brought up a bit more. And there's going to be more history to be made and more. Like, she's a big fan and she knows that ultimately, yeah, she's losing. But she's actually winning because this is a huge match that people are going to continue to talk about for a while. So I like when they're very... Um, selfless and when they do things and they know like I'm a fan this is going to be great like I love it but with that being said we're going to take a quick break we also, I, I, we also forgot to mention something that go happened ahead. Yeah, yeah go ahead go ahead uh, the 2k announcement they finally announced 2k22 yeah I yeah I'm excited for that they showed Rey Mysterio Cesaro. And Cesaro. The gameplay looked really good compared to last year, and it was just the beginning. It wasn't any sort of finished product or anything. It was just a teaser trailer. Like that, I like that the case kind of taking that approach. I'm not like going flat out be like, okay, here's the gameplay and everything. They're not going to rush into this. They're, yeah. they're taking their time. You know, give a, give a little teaser here and there just to get people excited. It worked perfectly. I think they did really good with that. I'm going to have to buy a PS4 because I have not found a PS5 anywhere, and I'm just going to have to go back and buy a PS4 to get it. But Actually, um, they say that it might or might not be on PS5. They're not sure mm, still. Well, okay. I'm buying PS4. So we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we are going to be covering night two of WrestleMania 37. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And we are back. Thank you for checking out that little commercial. And yes, you can hear hear us now on many different streaming platforms. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, iHeartRadio, Amazon. We are everywhere. Just search World of WWE, a WWE podcast, and you will find us. We are also available on Instagram, YouTube, and many other social networking sites. And I will add that in the description to where to find us. But we are now on night two of WrestleMania. My voice, I have been talking for almost two hours now. But we are here, guys. We are at night two of WrestleMania. And to start the night off, we don't have any weather delay. But we do have Pirates. And we have Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil. And they come out and they're dressed as Pirates. And they... Welcome us to WrestleMania. So I was happy that we didn't have another rain delay. So that was good. And the first match of the night was Randy Orton taking on The Fiend with Alexa Bliss. I thought that the entrances were cool with the drones. And I'm just going to go over the highlights really quick. And then you guys can jump in and talk about the match. So Alexa Bliss came down with cool face paint. There's a huge jack-in-the-box and she like pulls on the lever and the fiend jumps out and jumps off the box onto Randy Orton. Orton was in control. The fiend doesn't really get hurt though. When Orton attacks him, Randy hits three rope DDTs. The fiend goes for sister Abigail, but Alexa bliss shows up on top of the box with black liquid pouring down her face. She sits late crisscross applesauce and Randy Orton hits an RKO for the win. After the match, Alexa and The Fiend stare at each other, and then they both disappear. I give that a 7 out of 10. I felt like the match was kind of pointless. If you're going to do a storyline of The Fiend and Alexa Bliss, don't include Randy Orton in it. One of you guys actually was correct and knew that Alexa was going to turn on Randy. It was okay, but definitely not a WrestleMania-worthy match. But what do you guys think? I'll let Dan, you can go first with this one. 
right. Um, well, it was a very... I don't really know how to describe it. It was, it was very lackluster, I guess you could say. Like, I expected more from the match. Yeah. Like, I get it. I, I get it. it. It was a quick match. I didn't like it. It was a quick match. I think it could have gone longer. But there's something I didn't understand. Like, you have Randy Orton, you one finisher on The Fiend, and he goes down with a pin. Yeah. But when you have him, when you have The Fiend go against Seth Rollins, and he, and it took more than four, what was it, three curb stomps, and he still wouldn't go down? Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. Like, uh, it's just, I don't know. I didn't like that ending. It was a, it was a sour ending to me. Um, I'd give it like a five out of ten. Because okay. You know, it was very lackluster. Okay. You know, the, yeah, it really, they could have done a lot more with this. Because yeah, they could have done a lot more with that match. Yeah. All right, Carlos, how about you? Um, I have like, a different take on the ending, so I feel like um, I it was good long-term storytelling. Uh-huh. Uh, like, um, I feel like because uh, the scene went down so quickly because uh, it was kind of like in the show, like, let's just try to, to have the true powers in the, in the relationship between the two. Mm-hmm. And then, like, like once, you know how I remember when Randy, like, said, like, he knows exactly what, like, what scene's weakness is? Yeah. I guess once you stare at, once you stare at Alexa Blitz, that, like, kind of, like, like, really caught him off guard and that, like, that, like, really, that, that like, finished him off. But the match was good. I like the, the entrances. Randy's gear was amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was confused with... I know. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's got to be I wrong. think he probably wore it like... You guys something funny. So apparently a Red Jordan was charged $20,000 to bring his whole family with him to, you know... Really? Yeah. His, his five kids and his wife. Wow. They charged, they charged him for that. Wow. Yeah, well, there you go. WWE isn't a family. Um, yeah. Also, I'm sorry, but did anybody else notice that Edges and Randy Orton's entire kind of match? Yeah, yeah. I noticed that rated RKO. I was like, that's funny. Yeah, no, it didn't match for sure. It did. Um, I was surprised that The Fiend had a different like, outfit, but Carlos did explain it was him. I guess like he was, he was reborn, born, yeah, something like that. Um, I am excited to see. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited to see where the storyline is taking us, and um, we will cover Raw and a recap. But it does seem as if the Fiend and Bliss aren't done with each other just yet. So next, go ahead. <laughs> Months ago, I predicted it months ago, but it didn't happen exactly as I predicted it. Because I said, what I said was, I said, I said, like, Alexa's gonna just change back to her old self. Not like, but no, she didn't. That's what really was like surprising. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, but wait, I, I, way I, I thought it would have been a lot cooler if they had her kind of go out of the fiend's trance or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been a lot cooler way to. If we're gonna have the fiend lose, I think it would have been cooler to have it happen like that. Like that, yeah. I thought it was cool in the sense of that, like, if Alexa Bliss is like the main evil, it's a good metaphor for life that like 
sometimes we become what we really, really hate and we lose sight of ourselves and we can't control it. And Alexa Bliss has definitely lost her freaking rocker. And I think it's a good metaphor to where it's like if you um, continue down a dark path, eventually you're going to become that evil that you're following, you know, when you overcome that evil. It's kind of like the movie Mean Girls, if you've ever seen it. The girl starts off becoming friends with them and she's like not popular. And then eventually over time, the the new girl comes in, takes over the mean girl and eats her like a snake. And that's what happens, you know, and I think that's what's happening with this storyline. Alexa Bliss followed the darkness, darkness took over and now she's the main one. So I kind of like that idea. But I do agree with you, Dan, that they could have done a twist or something a bit more, even explain that more in the match. But... So next, um, we saw Bailey backstage with NWO, and it's just it really just pointless. Her just talking about her being the longest reigning women's champion. Next, we have the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships on the line. The champions Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler taking on Natalia and Tamina. I actually really enjoyed this match. Um, some quick notes. Tamina hit a huge super kick to, to Shayna Baszler. Shayna hit a running knee to Natalia. And Nia hit Tamina with a body slam on the outside of the ring. Nia Jax ran to the turnbuckles and got hit with a spinning clothesline by Natalia. Nia hit a one-arm spine buster, which was cool. Tamina took control and hit a Samoan drop. Tamina climbs the top rope, but Shayna Baszler kicks her off. Nia with a cool double crossbody off the top rope onto both women. And it looks like Nia seemed to have hurt her knee. Nia tells Tamina she ain't shit, and she calls Tamina a bitch. Tamina slaps Nia and body slams her. And then Tamina climbs and misses a splash, and that's when Natalia put Nia Jackson in a sharpshooter. But Shayna came up from behind Natalia, locked her in the care of Fuda Clutch, and Natalia passed out. I actually gave that match a 9 out of 10. I was really, really into that one uh, for some reason. But Carlos, what did you think of that one? Yeah, I was really impressed by it as well. Um, I was really hoping for, for Tamina and Natalia to find the way. Yeah. But it, it's okay. I like, I'm like. i starting to like Tamina. I mean, Nia and uh, Shayna and the team. Yeah. And uh, one, one little thing. Like, I feel like um, Shayna has actually like, grown a lot. Like, at first, I remember she wasn't really too much into it. Like, I can tell like, the way she was wrestling always bring people like to now. Like, I feel like she's grown up a lot. Yeah. Like, learn to just like the business, you know? Yep. How about you, Dan? Um, I wasn't expecting much out of it, but like you said, it really impressed me. Like, I wasn't expecting anything. I was like, okay, it's just another women's match. Okay, it's eh. But now, after watching that, I was really impressed with, like, as we know, I don't like shit. I don't like Naya. I don't like her. I don't care yeah. about her. She did actually do a pretty decent job in the ring. Yeah. She did awesome. And I I would give that match, I would give it a 8 out of 10. All right. Yeah, it was a good match. It wasn't, you know, I was I was impressed. I like the matches that I don't think I'm going to care about yeah, and I really enjoy. It gave me more than I was expecting to have. Yes. Exactly, Mundo. Um, up next, we have Kevin Owens taking on Sami Zayn's. Sammy introduced Logan Paul, who came out to a chorus of boos. 
KO started the match with a pop-up powerbomb to start off right away. Sammy Zayn his suplex onto the apron. Sammy hit a cool Michinuku driver. KO, he did this really cool move where he picked up Sammy Zayn for like a suplex, but then dropped him neck first across his knee. Sammy hit an exploder suplex into the corner, a blue thunder bomb, a really cool twisting brain buster suplex. Then KO hits a turn suplex off the top rope. So he basically picks up Sammy and like turns them, like flips them to do a suplex. Sammy hit a hell of a kick. But KO, or a hell of a kick, Huluva kick, oh my god. <laughs> hell of a kick. I don't think you said hell of a kick. Hell of a kick, Huluva kick. He hit a Huluva kick, and then KO hit two super kicks and a stunner for the win. And then after the match, Logan got in the ring and goes to shake Kevin's hand. And I don't know, did Logan push KO, or someone pushed KO, and then KO hit Logan with the stunner? Okay, so yeah, so it was just a stupid moment for Logan Paul to have a moment in the ring for five minutes so that people can talk about it on TikTok for one day and then be over with it. Um... Yeah, I give this match a 9 out of 10. Um, Dan, what were you, or Carlos, what were your thoughts on this one? I was happy because it, it, it was like, uh, like it, it may sound a little cringy, but it was like Sammy learning how to wrestle again. And it, wasn't a, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a match like he's been having the past two months, like like cheating and all that. It was a good match. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's, he's like, he got all his skills back. I remember when he first started, he was like so good. And not, but it was it was a good match. I expected a lot. I expected that from them. I don't feel. I feel like Logan Paul should have been involved in that. Like yeah, they have really no business in there. Yeah, it was kind of pointless. It and... was kind of him just collecting a paycheck. Yes, literally. That's literally what it was. Literally. Somebody for like maybe like the SmackDown and, and, and uh, WrestleMania to start it. You see, has like a big boxing fight coming up. So. Mm. I don't know. I just feel like he he's a pussy. He would get his ass handed to him by any of these wrestlers. Um, then we see Riddle backstage, and he's talking to Great Khali. There was a funny moment where Rob Van Dam showed up, and Rob Van Dam gave them his rolling papers, which I was a fan of because I smoked marijuana. So I was like, fuck yeah, rolling papers. Next, we have the WWE United States Championship. The champion Riddle defending against Sheamus. I didn't pay a lot of attention to this one. Sheamus hit a huge bro kick to Riddle's face after Riddle came off the top rope and Sheamus became U.S. champion. Dan, what were your thoughts? I wasn't expecting much from this match. I was expecting a good match, but, I mean, you know, a few good moves here and there. and then yeah. the I was expecting Matt Riddle to win, I, but I was really impressed. Like, you know, I like Matt Riddle. He's all right. But when I saw him in that match, I was impressed by him. Like, I never really watched too many of his matches. He's really so good. Watching that match made me impressed by him. It made me like him even more than I did before. And I was a little disappointed that he lost. I thought it would have been cool to see him beat Sheamus and, you know, get his WrestleMania moment. But 
again, it was cool to watch the with that bro kick that he hit. I was impressed. I literally jumped out of my seat watching that. I was like, oh shit! Mm-hmm. I was like, there's no way that just happened. But um, I give that I give that a nine out of ten match because it, even though it didn't have much story time behind it, it really did deliver in the right. Yeah, it, it was it was all right. It was okay. How about you, Carlos? Okay, that ending was unexpected. I didn't really think that it was. I don't. I don't even think that was planned for him to play. like his game to start bleeding. Like that. I think it just it was just in the moment um, for that. For he was just oh, then let me just watch the pin while he's like coming down. But yeah, it was a good. It was a good match. I enjoyed it a lot too. Um, I feel like Riddle should have won though, even though I think I did predict Sheamus. Yeah, you did. I think Riddle should have won as well, but he will definitely have many more WrestleMania moments to come. Next, we have the Intercontinental Championship Nigerian drum fight. I think it is. Yeah. And I think with this one, it, I'm looking at my notes. I think it was. They said that, that they didn't really explain the rules. They said there weren't really rules. But well, they said it was all they said there was there was no disqualification, no count out or anything like that. So yeah. basically extreme rules match with drums outside. Of it. And they said that like they said the reason why it's called Nigerian drum is that you're gonna beat your opponent so loud that's like beating a drum. Which was weird. Yeah. But okay, so uh Biggie defends against Apollo Cruz. They eat hit each other they each hit each other with kendo sticks to begin. Apollo Crews take con- takes control. He hits a huge running spine buster to the a running spear to the outside, and then Biggie hit a big ending. But I forgot the, what do they call this guy? Do they did they give him his name yet, or has he still not been named? Davocado, Davocado, whatever. He comes out and hits a big choke slam on Biggie allowing Apollo Crews to get the win, and he becomes our new Intercontinental Champion. Carlos, or did I ask you first? Whoever. Whoever wants to go first, what did you guys think of this one and new Intercontinental Champion Apollo Crews? Carlos, you can go first. Okay. Yeah, I'll kind of annoyed. I feel like he should have like, kept the title, but now maybe, and now I think about it, like, maybe he's like, maybe this is like a step friends, maybe going like, uh, a program with, like, the universal title, but uh, hopefully, you never know, he might just have, like, a rematch against Bill, but I feel like, like, I guess third time to talk to you, I think they, they fought, like, three times for the title, and finally Apollo gets, gets his, uh, gets his multi. Yeah, yeah, third times is the charm. How about you, Dan? Um, I wasn't expecting too much of the match. I was expecting a decent match, at the least. Um, but, I did like that moment where the guy came in and, and helped Apollo win because he's supposed to be the heel and, you know, he's supposed to do whatever it takes to win the title, he, you know, and it made sense. And I, and I really thought it was a good match. So I, I give it 8 out of 10. Yeah, it was all right. I gave it an 8 out of 10 as well. We then go to the Raw Women's Championship. Now I'm skipping over some things. There were the Hall of Fame ceremonies, but... Not really necessary to talk about, and we're already in this for almost two hours, so we will get to the main stuff. Next, we have the Royal Women's Champion, Asuka, defending against Rhea Ripley. This is a good match. Some notes, Rhea has a leg scissor submission on Asuka, and she continues to slap Asuka's head. Then there's a moment where Asuka hit a flying leg drop, 
A huge kick to the head, air running hip attack, but Rhea kicked out. Rhea drop kicked Asuka off the top rope to the floor, and she launches Asuka into the ring apron face first. Asuka hits a DDT off the ring apron to the floor, and that's when Rhea catches Asuka's leg and stomps her and applies. I forgot the name of her submission. It's like a, it's called like the Nightmare or something, I think. Um, uh, and then Asuka countered. Some, what was it? Like the or something like that. Yeah, it's something. I I forgot the name of it, but Asuka countered the submission into an arm bar. Rhea slings Asuka's head into the corner to break the hold. Rhea suplexes Asuka into the ring, and then Asuka eventually hit Rhea with a kick, but then Rhea hit a riptide to become new Raw Women's Champion. I gave this one a 9 out of 10. Dan, what did you think of the new Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley, in the match? I think we all really know what I was thinking. I loved it. Rhea, my girl, won. I was happy. She finally got a WrestleMania moment. She, it, it was really good, really good moments, considering the fact that, like, she did have a few matches on Raw and everything, but, like, if you think about it, it was, like, her, her pay-per-view main event. Yeah. WWE and everything. And I just... I loved I loved the match. I loved her attire. I did. I thought yeah. it was I thought it was really cool. And I loved the entrance. That was awesome. Yeah. Um Oscar was good in the match too. I'm not gonna put her down or anything. She was good in the match, but you know, I, I was obviously voting for my girl Rhea Ripley. <laughs> alright, that's alright. I gave it a nine out of ten. Alright, alright. How about you, Carlos? I actually thought it was a great match. Um I I uh I kind of expected me to win just because um, she didn't win last year. I was like, oh, they're going to make her win this year. It was, a, it was a good match. I liked it a lot. A lot of great moves. A lot of like moves that I could have liked Oscar, but I quickly got hurt. <laughs> like, like, they were, like, she was landing on her head and shit, like, outside the ring and all that. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm happy it, that be, uh, like, uh, something new, you know? You know I wasn't really a fan of Oscar and Sheriff. Yeah, I was excited to see um, a new champion crown, and I do. I am a big fan of Asuka, and I would like to see her in new storylines or something different. So uh, we will see what that leads to. Up Even though I really, I really thought that my heart back to that she was going to show up. She, she keeps trolling us. I know. I thought she was going to come up too, but she did troll us. This moment happened quickly. We saw Bailey. Um, trash-talking people. I didn't really see this moment. I heard about it. Then we see the Bell Twins come out, and they basically, like, throw Bailey down the ramp. And Bailey kind of just got, like, that was her WrestleMania 37 moment, was getting tossed down the ramp by the Bell Twins. Um, but that might signify the fact that they might be coming back soon, and who knows. We then get... I hated the whole segment. It just was really bad. I mean, this is going to sound really stupid. This is going to sound really stupid. I know, but like, they really made they made uh, Ben look like a Karen or something. Like, it was just like really ridiculous. Yeah, it was. It was just cringe. It was like, uh, no one wants to see this. They literally could have had Io Shirai come on Friday Night SmackDown, challenge Bailey, and I don't care what the storyline was, they would have had a hell of a match. Exactly. Like, not something I wanted to see on a WrestleMania. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I love Bailey. She's like my second favorite right now, but like, she didn't deserve that. No, she definitely did not. No she, one deserves that. 
Well, hopefully, um, you know, WrestleMania Backlash, she'll have a match. And now... Inverted Cloverleaf or something. Inverted Cloverleaf. Well... There you go with that. So we're going to talk about our main event, the final match of WrestleMania 37, the Universal Championship on the line, the champion Roman Reigns defending against Daniel Bryan and Edge. I got emotional seeing Edge come out. I know it sounds dramatic, but it really was starting to tear up a little bit because it, it was that day, like that date, like what was it, like 11 years ago or yeah, 10 years ago? That he Edge retired. Yep. Yeah, and he's he's and he's back at WrestleMania fighting for the Universal Title for a title that he technically never lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a story! Yeah, and he shouldn't even be in the ring. He should he, like he could die in the ring. Like that's what they said. If he if he had one more spear, he could technically die or be mm-hmm. paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Just just that moment, just to watch him go back in the ring was just very emotional. Yeah, especially him back in twenty twenty, but. Now it's even more impressive. Yeah, well, with the fans being there and him with the explosions, and you could tell everything he was feeling, and so it was just it was a good moment. Um, Jay Uso started off the match attacking everybody. Eventually, Edge sent fucking Jay Uso's into the steps and sent his ass out. He had a DDT to Jay on the steps. Um, we also saw just non-stop action between all three of these men. Daniel Bryan looked great. Edge looked great. Daniel hit a missile dropkick to Edge. We saw a cool moment where Roman hit a belly-to-belly suplex to Daniel Bryan outside. Edge hit an execution on Randy on Roman Reigns. Randy Orton, oh my gosh. Roman Reigns hit a Superman punch. Both Edge and Randy Orton go for spears, and they actually run into each other. That was kind of cool. Daniel kicks both Edge and Randy Orton on the floor, hits a running knee to Edge, and then he kicks Randy, I mean Roman in the face. Daniel stomps Roman and applies a yes lock, and then he also applies a yes lock to Edge. Roman Reigns power bombs Daniel Bryan onto Edge, and then power bombs Daniel through the announce table, and then Edge speared Roman Reigns off of the steps. Oh my gosh, a lot of action. Edge applied the cross face to Roman and uses a piece of a chair against Roman. And that's when Daniel Bryan applied the yes lock to Roman as well. So both submissions on Roman. Daniel Bryan then stomped on Edge's neck. Edge speared Daniel Bryan. And then he speared Roman Reigns. But then Daniel pulled the referee out of the ring before Edge could get the pinfall. And then Edge took out Daniel with a chair. And he hit both. Roman and Daniel with cheers. Edge hit a concerto on Daniel Bryan, and that's when, out of nowhere, Jey Uso ran in, attacked Edge, hit him with a chair. Roman speared Edge, and then Roman hit a concerto on Edge, pulled Edge on top of Daniel Bryan, and Roman pinned both Edge and Daniel Bryan. I thought it was a good match. I gave it a 9 out of 10. The ending was terrible. Fuck you, Jey Uso. Go hide somewhere. Nobody cares about you. Go away. Carlos, what were your thoughts? I feel like it was like probably the best main event I've really ever seen. Really? Ever. Really? I really, really love the main event. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's like, my opinion, I feel like Ed shouldn't even be in the ring to just go home because, like, every time he gets in the ring, he's always getting hurt. Like, think about it. He was in the Royal, he was, 
he 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 had that tricep injury where you're on there. Like, I feel he's like too too fragile right now, and he should even be like resting. Well, 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 well. If we're gonna be fair, if we're talking about injuries, Sasha Banks sure has a lot of her injuries. I mean, she's never really like taken. And we're gonna be fair. If we're going to be fair here, I mean, I don't think you should really be talking about this subject uh, around Anthony. <laughs> I get so into Edge. <laughs> well, but also, too, guys, that's what makes it more cool. He could, he literally, you said it, Carlos, he was told if you compete, you could die in the ring. And here he is doing it. I'm you know, just proves on, on the passion that he truly has for the sport. But I get what you're saying. Like, it could have been Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. But it's just like, that was so 2015. We're in 2021, dude. Like, how many times are we going to see Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan? Who cares? I want to see someone who hasn't been in the ring for over 10 years to see what they can do. We've seen Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan so many times now, in my opinion. Not like meaning like fighting each other. But they've been in so many main events that's just like, why did Daniel Bryan need to be in this one? That's what I was wondering. If any of them should have been in, I thought Daniel should have been kicked to the fucking curb. Because he hasn't done nothing since 2014. To be quite honest, if we're going to do, if we're, if we're, I mean, what do you do? He became well, smacked. No, I think he's done stuff. Like, he did, like, the uh, like the whole thing with Eric Rowan. Wait, wait, wait. But let's, but let's, but hang on. Let's talk, though. Think about it in terms of other superstars, right? Because Daniel Bryan's a main eventer, right? That's why he's being he's, he's a main eventer. Let's look at Stone Cold, okay? When you compare main eventers, who do you think you're going to care more about, Daniel Bryan or Stone Cold? And my only problem is, the only reason why I'm saying this is, this is competition within themselves, these people built up some of these superstars in the past to be like superheroes, household names. Daniel Bryan is a household name. He's on Total Divas. He had the whole entire Yes movement. But since that one time that he did something with Eric Rowan in 2019, think back from 2014 to 2021. Aside from that, what has he done? He won the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, but I mean, so did Shayna Baszler, and she eliminated everybody in like two minutes. I'm talking about what has he done that maybe makes us say, wow. That's what I'm talking about. And Yeah, but it's like, the what I'm saying, here's what I mean, and this is going to sound nuts. Here's the thing. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Producers make the matches. T.J. Wilson, Natalia's husband's the one that produced every woman's match. So when you see people fight, they're being told, do this in the match, do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. You can't blame somebody for not being able to do what they totally can do. Daniel O'Brien was held back for a long ass time because and he, he and then he finally was able to do it when you know. Yep. In that- Yep, and then he was able to do it. And then what happened? He got injured. Then they took him out. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. on. Then he got injured, right? Now, he was out for how long? He was out for like a year and a half, correct? Kind of like with the same injury that Edge had, correct? Mm -hmm. 
Two years, yep. Okay. So, Triple H, what was it? Didn't he break, like, his fucking, he broke, like, his leg or, like, something. Remember he, like, tore his, like, tendon or something? Yes. And he was out from May to January. Not even, He was literally not even a year that he was out. Now, when The Miz confronted Daniel Bryan and was like, listen, like, dude, like, yeah, you were the fucking champion, but literally what, well, they don't let me fight. Okay, now they do. What have you done? That's my only thing. Like, The Miz, look at the fucking Miz, dude. He had an amazing match with Drew Dolph Ziggler at, um, I think it was Backlash and No Mercy 2016. And I'm not saying that Daniel Bryan is not a great dude. He's an amazing wrestler. But put Cesaro in the main event. Seth Rollins, even. What the fuck has Daniel Bryan done? I don't know. Both of them shouldn't even have been in that match. I mean, I say Edge, but but, um, but Daniel Bryan would totally prefer Daniel Bryan. Imagine seeing Seth Rollins versus Cesaro versus Edge. Oh, you're talking about Edge. I was talking about Roman. Kim versus Roman. Like Seth Rollins versus Roman or Cesaro versus Roman. Roman's been doing it for so long too, guys. Like that's my only other thing too. Growing up as a fan, Stone Cold was wrestling for WWE from 96 to 2003. How long is that? That's like 97, 98, 99, That's like six years. His time was up. Wrestling, it gets stale. It gets old. They say it all the time. When you're not on the road, people forget about you. Roman has been on the top for like since 2014. That's now seven years. Well, Aren't we tired? Just said, if you're uh, if you're not on the road, people will forget about you. And just been gone for like nine years, and they still haven't forgot about him. Yeah, they still haven't forgotten about. Him. Yeah, but that shows you the type of person Edge is. Now, if we – you didn't even know – no, you're fine, Dan. Go ahead, Dan. When Daniel Bryan retired in, like, February, and until they made that draft with SmackDown Live and Raw, people completely forgot about Daniel Bryan. Like, nobody really cared anymore about him. Like, like you said, like, Edge's thing had more of an impact probably because he was in – probably because he was in the WWE a lot more, and his, his injury just seemed a lot more – devastating i guess and also guys that that's a good point dan because here's something else too edge started in 1999 i remember being five seeing him so i think that's why it's like it's almost like it's almost like he got cheated out of his opportunity because he got injured yes he was he was doing a lot and he was main eventing but the Rock was doing a lot of main eventing. Stone Cold was doing a lot of main eventing. The name matters. When you think of Edge, you think of Radar Superstar, Lita, TLC, Ladders. Matches against John Cena. You think about that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying nothing. And I'm not saying anything bad about Daniel. Daniel is, I love Daniel. Like, I really think he's an amazing wrestler. But like we, like Carlos, you said this about Sasha. Does she need to be champion to be great? No. And same thing with Daniel. He doesn't need to be in the main event to have a standout match. Like for me, my favorite matches weren't the main events. I mean, aside from Sasha, but I really like the Rollins and Cesaro, the um, Bad Bunny match. Like I like those. I'm tired of seeing the big buff guys all fighting. 
Like, it's like, I don't care. Like, Roman Reigns, yes. But, like, you mean to tell me that because Jey Uso comes and helps you out, you're automatically relieved from all the pain? Like, this, the, the producers also sucked. I want to find out who produced this match. It was a good match, but I don't know. That's my rant. That's my rant. And everything like, like how they were switching angles and everything like every five seconds. I I heard that I didn't know. I know that Lance Storm mentioned that that he couldn't watch the main event because of all the camera cuts. But I I couldn't really see that. I wasn't really paying much attention to that. I would have loved. You know what I would like to see? Have Daniel Bryan go to Raw and fight for the WWE Championship? Because that's that the other thing too, guys. He fights the same people. He plays the big buff guys that make him look like a winner. Exactly. And he's not. He could kick fucking ass. He will tap your ass out in two seconds. But they have him against Roman Reigns. Yes. Yes. But I do love Daniel. I would have liked to see him maybe. I would have liked to see the ladder match. Another Intercontinental title shot. Like, they can make Intercontinental Champions be, like, mad times. Like, you can make Charlotte Flair be a 17-time women's champion or wherever the hell it is now. But yet, I don't know, guys. I don't know. I didn't think we were get what you were trying to say. But I do I do hear all, like, Daniel Bryan is really great. And, Edge, you know, it is true. Edge kind of has been doing it for a long time. I do see the point of, well, he has done it for so long. But it's like everyone's like this now. We need all new shit. I don't want to see Edge as WWE champion. I want to see Edge as just showing what he can do. Exactly. But it was it, it was it was all right. So, what do you guys think um, of the actual match? Of the actual match, and because Carlos, you said this was your favorite. Is this your favorite WrestleMania main event, or your favorite main event of all time? Of all time, so this is Carlos's baby. This is, and it was, it was a hell of a match, man. Like it was, it was a hell of a match. So little parts in that match, like when uh when the fans were chanting "Boo to Roman," and he was just getting angry. Yeah, and he talked, and he ran through that table. That was freaking awesome. It's like he was getting fueled by uh by the fans. Yeah, Dan. What about you? Did you think? And we'll like wrap it up match don't get me wrong i love the match the ending the ending was what really made it a it was like a sweet and sour kind of thing like i loved it until the ending because i love the little snippets where like you know david brown was stopping rowan from tapping that's a smart idea Mm -hmm. that's that's smart in the ring like that's what you want to do that's kind of stuff that you that you need to do to win a match it shows how determined the wrestlers actually are and that's why I loved it so much. But again, that sour ending with Jey Uso kind of coming in and tagging them, that was, you know, lackluster to me. Yeah. It was a really good main event until the ending. I loved it until the ending. So, yes, I agree with you, man. It was a, it was a good match. And I will say overall, this is a decent WrestleMania. I won't watch every match again, but I definitely will watch a couple. And I was, I was, you know, I was pleased. I wasn't, you know, I didn't think it was amazing, but I didn't think it was terrible. Um, I was pleased. Did you guys think overall this was a good WrestleMania? How do you rate it? 
What do you think? It was a decent WrestleMania for me. Like, it, again, not my favorite WrestleMania of all time, but it had decent spots. It had decent matches. And it, it was just a good, it was a decent WrestleMania overall, especially what really pushes it to me for it to be good was the fact that, you know, the fans are back, the fans are back and everything. It wasn't like it was in a, an arena where it's just LED screens. It, it felt like an actual WrestleMania again. Mm-hmm. Like it, didn't, it didn't feel like it was just, oh, let, let's reduce this and it's done. This felt like it actually took them time and effort to actually put into the show. That's yeah. what really made it. I agree. How about you, Carlos? Yeah, I thought, I thought it was a great WrestleMania. I would watch it over maybe like twice or three times. Wow. Yeah, I thought I thought it was really good. I liked it, and I I think it's just because the fans were back. That's like what was so important to me. Okay, okay, okay. So it was a great show. I was excited. We talked a lot about WrestleMania. I definitely think it was a good, better than last year for sure. And they put on great performances. And now I'm excited for WrestleMania Backlash. I'm not excited for the name. However, I'm excited to see the storylines and what they're going to do. So, again, thank you guys for tuning in and for listening to us. I will put in the description where you can listen to us on other streaming platforms and where else you can find us. Thank you guys for checking in and listening. I'm Ant. I'm Dan. Yeah, I'm Carlos. And you can check us here every single recap for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, pay-per-views, everything else, we got you. Thank you for checking us in. Stay safe, and we will talk to y'all soon. Bye.